So first impressions, I stumbled upon a study uh, from uh, Princeton University that uh, revealed that we form first impressions remarkably quickly. In just less than, less than a second, like even a hundredth of a second, it's all it takes for us to form an impression of another person. Just like that, just a passing glance. And uh, so that's interesting in and of itself. But what's even more interesting is that these first impressions are fairly enduring. Uh, you know, so we are assessment of someone from a first impression, certainly we get some context and we get to know a little bit more about that person that fills out the details. But that initial first impression is pretty enduring. And I don't know, don't know about your experience, but that resonates with mine. I, I, that seems to be true. I look at someone and, and almost in a moment's snap of the finger, have a pretty enduring first impression. So that's going to be our subject for this sermon series, First Impressions. The question is, if we were walking uh, along uh, first century Palestine and we happened to spot this itinerant preacher, Jesus, and just caught a glance of him, what would our impression be? Because there's a lot of truth in those first impressions. And there's a lot of variety in those first impressions. You know, some encountered Jesus and they uh, quickly dismissed him. Isn't this the son of a carpenter? Is one impression, so dismissive. Some were impressed with his authority. That's a very common first impression. Wow, this guy speaks and things happen. Uh, some uh, dismissed him as a, uh, as a rebel. He seems to play fast and loose with the important things of our tradition. Uh, but this morning, we're going to jump into what I think is one of the most common impressions about Jesus and common first impressions, and further, one of the most commonly held beliefs, one of the most enduring impressions about Jesus. And that is that Jesus was a kind person. He was perceived as being a nice person and kind. Now, I can tell by a few of the flat faces, you're thinking, uh-huh, and? Doesn't sound too dramatic, does it? It's like, it's, you know, it's like a B-minus virtue, really. If someone were to describe you as nice or kind, you'd think, yeah, is there anything else about me that, uh, you know, it just doesn't sound too impressive. But I hope as we look a little bit at the kindness of the Lord, I think I hope we can come to a greater uh, appreciation of his kindness. But before I jump into that subject, let me uh, just offer two, two quick anecdotes from my uh, experience that reinforce this idea that most people think that Jesus was a kind person. So first anecdote, uh, Many years ago in seminary, I uh, got into some silly argument with another student. I don't even remember who it was, or I don't even remember what it was about. But I remember I was in the right, and I remember that I was upset, and I remember that, uh, you know, I was getting that air of righteous indignation. I'm, I'm sure you, we've all been there, right? As part of our, our seminary studies, each, each student, myself included, had an academic advisor, not just academic, but just sort of you know, met with this uh, advisor uh, through, for various reasons. And I told my advisor of this encounter, this argument, uh, how upset I was and how right I was to be upset. 
Uh, and what I was going to do the next time that we had this, you know, uh, this encounter, right? I was just gear, loading my ammo for the next, for, for the next battle. And uh, this advisor said, look, David, you may be right. It sounds like you probably were right. Uh, but if the people in your church and further the people in the community have any opinion about Jesus Christ, it's they believe that he was a kind person. And if you get involved in these petty little arguments with an air of righteous indignation, you're going to have a real, you're going to have a real difficult time being a minister in his name. And I, I, you know, I walked away in a huff. And you probably think, yeah, yeah. I had all sorts of arguments, and you may too. Jesus was more than kind, right? You can think of many stories when he was actually not kind. He was kind of, kind of abrupt. He could probably, uh, his kindness was not unqualified. And I thought of all these things, but I've, I've changed my tune. I think it's an inarguable fact that most people, if they know anything about Jesus, is that they, if they believe anything about him, they believe that he is a, a kind person. So that's the first anecdote. Second anecdote, similar. Uh, some years ago, I was uh, talking with an older pastor, and this pastor said, look, uh, David, you're, 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 you'll find your congregation remarkably forgiving. Your congregation will forgive you of all sorts of indiscretions. Thank you for being a, uh, Just think of the number of indiscretions that, that someone in my position could commit to, that would require your forgiveness. Don't imagine too long. The list is long, and uh, there are all sorts of things that someone in my position could do which would require your forgiveness. This pastor went on to say, there's one thing, however, that your congregation will have a very difficult time forgiving you of, and that is a lack of kindness. And again, you can think, that's not right. But that was his experience out of, after many years of pastoral leading a church. Why? Why is the one thing that people, the congregation will have a hard time forgiving me of is a lack of kindness is because if you believe anything about Jesus is that you believe he was kind. He was gentle and tender. And it's for good reason that most people think that Jesus was a kind person, that that was their first impression of him. I think we have a beautiful description of the kindness of the Lord in this passage. We don't find the word kindness anywhere in this passage, but I, I, I just think this passage exudes gentleness and tenderness and kindness. And so we're going to look at it. We're going to ask two basic questions. We're going to help... Because I, I do realize that kindness does sound like a B minus, not, not a whole lot of oomph to it. So we're going to think about a little bit of, uh, put some color around Jesus' kindness. All right, we're going to think a little bit about what is it. So that's the first question. What more can we say about the kindness of the Lord? The second question we're going to ask is how can we get it? How can we get a little bit of what he has so that's it. What does the kindness of the Lord look like, and how can you get it? So let's jump in. What does the kindness of the Lord look like? I think a little bit of cultural background will be helpful. 
Uh, most of you probably know this, but there's a, a little bit of Hatfield and McCoy relationships uh, between Jews and Samaritans for reasons that we do not need to go into. That these people did not get along. So Jews didn't like Samaritans. Samaritans didn't like Jews. Like that was just, that was just part of the story. And so you have a divide between Jesus and this woman at a well. You have a reason uh, to, to avoid, a reason to not exhibit kindness. And that's a cultural divide. Further, there is a divide of gender, he being a man, she being a woman. In those days especially, uh, you, one was supposed to stay a little bit different, uh, di- um, separate. So you have a, a divide of, of, of the genders. Uh, finally, and I think most significantly, you have a, you have a divide of social status. Uh, she was an outsider. Um, you know, the passage tells us that she came to a well at at uh, the sixth hour, the Bible counts time from the break of dawn. So let's say the, the sun rises at six. The sixth hour would be noon. It's the, the heat of the day. Typically, one would not go to draw water at the heat of the day. It'd be in morning or evening. Typically, one would go in a group, a sort of a social outing. But that was not true for this woman. She came by herself in the hottest part of the day. She was an outsider. Why was she an outsider? Well... She was an outsider because she had a reputation. She was a woman who had five husbands, who had had five husbands. The person that she was living with, not her husband. She was out. Jesus at this stage in his ministry was not. He was in. He was good. She was bad. You have all sorts of reasons for Jesus to avoid her. If not avoid her, certainly not to... uh, treat her kindly, but he does. And so that's the first and basic point. I think the most important point about the kindness of the Lord, what makes his kindness uh, so powerful, and that is simply indiscriminate. In one of Jesus' most famous sermons, that being the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus says, uh, love your enemies. And I know that love and kindness are not the same, not exactly, so just bear with me. Be kind to your enemies. And if you do so, you will be, pray for those who persecute you so that you will be like your Father who is in heaven. You know what it says next? It's very, very challenging. It says, because your heavenly Father makes the sun to shine. On who? Just the people he likes. <laughs> no. Uh, the rain to fall on just the people that are good. No. How does your heavenly Father make the sun shine? On everybody. As you can attest from today's experience, how does the Father make the rain fall? On everybody. He doesn't pick. He doesn't choose. It's not, Jesus, God does not cause the rain to fall on this group and not on that group. On this culture and not on that culture. On this Fill in the blank, and you have a lot of blanks that you could fill in, don't we? In our, in our increasingly polarized world, there are a lot of lines you could draw and think, yes, the sun should shine there. Nope, it shouldn't shine there. But that is not how, that does not reflect the kindness of the Lord who makes the sun shine indiscriminately, just like his love and kindness is displayed without discrimination. And you and I, we're just not like that. 
I remember another example from seminary. Uh, we moved into this cute little town uh, called Swickley, Pennsylvania, and in this cute little town called Swickley, Pennsylvania, we moved into an, a cute little apartment complex, and the, um, uh, the self-imposed mayor of the apartment complex met Jennifer and me soon after we moved in, and he said, he, you know, kind of gave us a, he got his first impression of us, and he said, you're going to fit right in here. You're our type of people which was humorous for any number of reasons. Uh, first of all, because if you had seen me five years ago, or if I had been there five years ago, just graduating from college, I certainly would have not have been their type of people. But he's saying simply what all of us kind of do without thinking. They're, that's my type of person. You're going to fit in right here. And to the you who are my type of person, I'm going to show my kindness to. And if you're not my type of person, I trust that you're not going to be rude to those people who are not your type of people. But certainly, you're, we're not as indiscriminate, are we? Right? We, we make first impressions. That's my type. Hey, how you doing? Not my type. Keep on walking. I do it. You do it. Jesus did not. He's indiscriminate in his kindness. So that's the first and challenging point about the kindness of the Lord, it just shines like the sun, falls like the rain. Second, the kindness of the Lord is a little reckless. You have to know a little bit of your Bible trivia to appreciate this, but do you know how many really significant people of the Old Testament met their spouse at a well? A lot. Abraham met his wife at a well. Isaac, Abraham's son, met his wife Rebekah at a well. Isaac's son Jacob met Rachel at a well. Moses met his wife Zipporah at a well. Now here is Jesus at a well with a woman. Disciples come back and it says that the passage says that the disciples marveled, which sounds kind of positive, like, wow, isn't this great? My hunch is that the marveling was of a different kind of, oh, oh, goodness gracious, really? <laughs> Jesus, you're going to... <laughs> Jesus was unconcerned of how his kindness may be construed or misconstrued. And again, you and I are just not like this. We tend to be a little bit more calculating, don't we? If I... My kindness here could be misconstrued as endorsing something, that I, so I, I need to be a little unkind. Or not unkind, but certainly not ex display kindness, right? We're just a little bit more calculating. Jesus wasn't. He was reckless. Third and final. His kindness was uh, courageous. One of the reasons we don't, I don't, you don't appreciate kindness is it just sounds so feeble, as if uh, to be kind you need to kind of jettison all opinions and all convictions and, you know, just go along, get along, and go along. Uh, just note how courageous Jesus is. I mean, note the door in her life that he opens. That's courageous. Go call your husband. But note how gently 
he opens that door, he, how tenderly, uh, how tenderly he opens the secret places of her life. I, I just want us to appreciate that his kindness was not feebleness. It wasn't wishy-washy. And what a great thing that would be for you and me to respond to even the most challenging situations uh, with tenderness. It's possible. Jesus did it. And her testimony of him is evidence of his kindness to her. Again, she said, come and meet a man who knows everything about me. He opened the door so gently into her life that she wanted others to come experience what she had experienced. Come, meet someone who knows everything, everything about me. And so that is the kindness of Jesus. It's indiscriminate. It's reckless. It's courageous. I just want us to appreciate how good that would be for you and me to have a little bit of what he had. If our kindness was just like the sun, you didn't really care about type. You didn't really pass some knee-jerk impressions. And, no, you, you, your kindness just shone to anybody and to everybody. And we're unconcerned how our kindness may be misconstrued we're able to have difficult conversations and still maintain our tenderness. Wouldn't that be something? Well, I know I could use a little kindness, and I imagine that you could as well. So let's move to our second question. That's what, that's what it is. That's the kindness of Jesus. Secondly, well, how do you get it? How do you get some of what he had First, I want us to appreciate that kindness and tenderness isn't just an emotion, that it's a habit of the heart. Uh, it's not something that just, people aren't just naturally indiscriminate. No, we're naturally discriminatory. It's something to, to take to heart and think, no, I'm, I'm not like that. I want to be like that. And so it is a habit of the heart, but more importantly, it is a, it's something that has to happen in us I don't think any of us are naturally this way. Something has to happen. And I think something happened to this woman. I, I think we see evidence of transformation in her. Did you note at the end of the story, she, she left her water jug and she went back to everybody? And keep in mind, she came as an outcast, but her self-imposed exile was over. And she went back and told everybody, everybody who knew everything about her, come meet a man who knows everything about me. See, there's evidence of transformation. Now, we don't have the transformation of from unkind to kind, but I don't think it's a stretch to think that, that she was on the trajectory to becoming hard and bitter and brittle. Five husbands, one living boyfriend, it's safe to say that not all of those relationships were healthy. Can't you imagine her getting angry and bitter at life? An old pastor told me that, you know, when you're young, the sins that you confess are all with the, with the deadly sin of lust. Clearly, that was a, a challenge for her. When you get older, 
It's not so much that, although I guess that never goes away, but the challenges you have are with anger. It's no longer behaving yourself. Again, I don't want to minimize the importance of behaving yourself, but it's the, the, the bitterness that kind of wells up and the indiscretions of the youth give way to the bitterness and the hardness of age. Don't you think she's on that path? Can't we imagine all of ourselves being on that path? Well, what happened to her? How did she change? And I think the uh, simple thing, a simple answer is that she encountered someone who was compassionate. She encountered tenderness. I mean, this whole chapter is a beautiful dialogue between a broken woman and the tender kindness of the Lord. Isn't that a great way to think of this passage? A dialogue between a broken person and the kindness and patience of God. And that's a dialogue that he's having with each one of us. And in this dialogue, the Lord invites this person to come and bring those secret things, those shameful things, those hidden things, those closets that you rather keep shut, Come and bring them to me. And that's the same invitation that he offers to you and me. Come. Come to me. There's a great passage in which Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. That word easy, you'll never guess the other way that word is translated. Kind. Take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is My yoke is kind. This woman experienced the kindness of Jesus at a well. You know, face to face, and eye to eye. We don't have that opportunity. But we still can experience the kindness of the Lord, I believe. He's still available to meet with you and me, and he still displays his kindness to you and me. I think the primary place in which Jesus displays his kindness to you and me is on the cross. We'll hear in our communion service that in the tender mercy of God, in his kindness, he sent his son. And it's on the cross you see Jesus not angered, not bittered, but fully surrendered, his hands open. It's on the cross where you see the indiscriminate, reckless, and courageous kindness of Jesus. And it's an experience that's open to you and me now, this morning, as we come forward to communion, a meal that commemorates the death of Jesus, commemorates his indiscriminate kindness. He's available to meet with you here. So let's remember the kindness of the Lord. Let's encounter the kindness of the Lord, his indiscriminate, reckless, courageous kindness. And then go out into the world 
with the desire to reflect some of what we know to be true in Him. Smile. Say good morning. Give a kind look, especially to those people who may not be your type. Let's make it our goal this week that if someone were to catch a passing glance of us, just a, just a moment, if someone were to have a first impression of us, their first impression of us would be the same as the first impression that many had of Jesus, that he was a kind man. Please rise.